Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore, and today's conversation is all about intermittent fasting. We see a whole lot of this in the headlines, seeing folks achieve incredible results. In fact, we talked a little bit about intermittent fasting during my episode with Dr. Ian Smith. It's a huge part of his Metflex diet, but I want to really break it down. And the different ways you can incorporate intermittent fasting, including the 16-8 method, the 5-2 method, and alternating days. So let's jump into this. Now, of course, we kick things off with a mind, body, and business check-in. How are you doing? What's going on with your mind, body, and business? I encourage you to do these check-ins once a week, even if it's not on Wednesdays when I upload new episodes. But, you know, your day may be Sunday. It may be Friday. It may be Tuesday. But definitely check in with yourself, especially if you have very specific goals and you are trying to move with intention to achieve them. So what am I doing for my mind, body, and business? I want to talk specifically about business. And kind of this kind of incorporates the mind too. I have been thinking a lot about what I want my life to look like going into retirement. And I don't think it's ever too early to think about what you want your life to look like post working for someone, you know, selling your time when you can control all of the hours in your day. And so I'm 45 now. Typically, folks retire in their 60s, but I want that to happen for me more like in my 50s, early 50s. So that means I need to be making the right choices to achieve that goal now, you know, in my mid 40s. I've been looking at my retirement savings, looking at my investments, how much money I need going into retirement, uh, what kind of lifestyle income I want to continue to make. Because for me, retirement isn't about not working, but spending the majority of your time doing things that you love, that you happen to get paid for. So I don't ever see myself not doing some form of radio that could be, um, you know, terrestrial radio. It could be satellite radio. It could be podcasting. Um, And I don't see myself not doing some type of physical fitness, uh, whether I'm doing group fitness classes, personal training, virtual training, audio meditations in some type of app. I know that I probably am always going to have a desire to do that. So I've been evaluating how much money I need and really what my days would look like. And I encourage everyone to do this exercise. What if you could have everything that you wanted in life? Get yourself a pen, take a piece of paper, and physically write that down. What does your ideal life look like? And looking at it on paper is such a powerful exercise, and it helps you move in alignment with the things that you need to do to achieve that kind of life. So that's what I'm doing for my mind and my business, of course, for my body. Still recovering from this car accident, but slowly adding more exercise in and back to my normal dance fitness schedule. Still taking my salsa lessons, going back to Cuba in June because I loved it so much. So those are some of the things that I'm doing. What are you doing for your mind, body, and business? Check in with me on Facebook and Instagram and or Instagram at MB. Pod. All right, so let's jump into this conversation about intermittent fasting. I have always been a firm believer of intermittent fasting. I think everyone is kind of sort of doing some type of intermittent fasting, but may not know it. And I wanted to do an extension of this conversation because we briefly covered it in the conversation with uh, Dr. Ian Smith. He was talking about the Metflex diet, and a huge part of that diet is incorporating intermittent fasting. 
So intermittent fasting basically involves you going through periods of fasting and then periods of feeding, basically eating and fueling your body. And the most popular type of intermittent fasting is the 16-8 method. So you're going to fast for 16 hours and then eat within an eight-hour window. Now, if you look online and you see folks talking about the 16-8 method, most people use the standard of, okay, eat from noon until 8 p.m. and then fast from 8 p.m., until noon. So that'll give you your 16-8 window. And that works great um, if you're not super active in the morning. But what if you're an early riser? What if you're like me, you got to wake up at four or five o'clock in the morning, and then you're not eating until 12 o'clock, you're probably going to fail on that 16-8 feeding window. So what I encourage folks to do, especially if you are new to intermittent fasting, is to take a scaled approach. So instead of fasting for 16 hours and eating for 8, start with 12 and 12. So fast for 12 hours, eat within a 12-hour window, and do that with some intention for at least two consecutive weeks. The 12-12 plan is something that I really like because it's easy to remember the times to eat. If you stop your last meal at 7 p.m., that means your first meal in the morning is at 7 a.m. It's always the same number. And it's easier to sustain. You don't feel like you're going for too long without food. Um, So that is a really great way to get started if you feel like the 16-8 method is too aggressive for you at first. But I will say that you should gradually increase your fasting time as your body gets used to it. So after you do the 12-12 method, then move up to fasting for 14 hours and eating within a 10-hour window. Do that for about two weeks, get your body used to it, then move on to the 16-8 method. Now, keep in mind when you're determining your feeding and your fasting window, you want to look at your most active hours of the day. So for me, if my most active hours of the day are between 5 a.m. and 2 p.m., that's what I want to make my feeding window. Now, some people think, man, oh gosh, you stop eating at 2 o'clock, but I go to bed at about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock some nights. So it's not that bad. Take a look at your day. Determine which hours that you're most active, especially if you're exercising, aggressive exercise routines, maybe heavy weightlifting, high-intensity interval training, or HIIT. You most certainly want to make sure that you are eating during the times that you are most active. So that's your exercise routine. That's when you're up and about, going to work, maybe picking up the kids, doing after-school activities. Find those 8 to 12 hours that you're most active and make those your feeding times and your fasting times when you're less active. And that's going to make it easier to sustain and also help fight off any hunger cravings that you may have during the day. Now, moving on to the 5-2 method. I've never tried this before, but I'm interested in seeing how it works for me. So the 5-2 method involves you eating regularly, you know, uh, five days out of the week, and then two days, not necessarily fasting, but drastically lowering your caloric intake. So many experts recommend for women, that's 500 calories for the entire day. And for men, that's 600 calories for the entire day. Now, this can be done if you eat Again, during the more active hours, so I would schedule those 500 or 600 calories around the times that you exercise or skip exercise completely on the days that you are doing a 500 or 600 calorie intake. And then on those other five days, still maintain your fasting period, whether that's a 12-12 feeding and fasting window, a 14-10 fasting and feeding window, or 16-8 Still maintain that intermittent fasting schedule on those five days, but on those other two days, 
drastically lower your caloric intake. So it's going to take a lot of planning. You want to make sure that you're not lowering those calories on your active days or maybe while you're traveling. Pay attention to your routine or whatever your schedule may be for that week as you're planning out the 5-2 method. Now, the last method is alternating days. One day you're eating regularly, and this is a normal caloric intake, so around 1,800 to 2,200 calories if you're an active adult. And then the next day you're fasting for the day. And then the next day you're eating. And then the next day you're fasting. And I think a lot of people, uh, like I said at the beginning of this conversation, they're already doing this method, but it doesn't have a whole lot of intention. Like you're doing it by accident. So to make this work, you have to do it with intention. You have to select those days and be consistent with it. You have to plan your meals. You have to work your exercise routine around it as well. So, yes, it does require some effort, and that may be the most annoying thing for most people about um, fasting. But if you pace yourself, I believe that either the 16-8 method, the 5-2 method, or the alternating day method can really produce some great results for you. Another thing that I wanted to address in this episode is meal planning. So many people lean on exercise because you feel like you're more in control of that. Like you can um, amp up the intensity. You can show up at the gym. You can walk around your neighborhood. You know how to move your body. But what you eat, how often you eat, the quality of your calories is oftentimes a big challenge for people. I'm telling you, meal prep is the key to seeing fast results. It's really not exercise because you can maintain a calorie deficit easier with food than you can with exercise. You can save 500 calories by not eating that big slice of cake or that huge slice of pizza versus having to exercise for an hour um, at a moderate to high intensity, depending on where your starting point is, to burn 500 calories. But it's all about being prepared. So let's talk about simplifying meal prep. Again, cooking your own food at home is a healthier option than grabbing takeout on the way to work or in the morning. It's even a great idea to fix something from home for your lunches on days you don't have business because you want to get in the habit of controlling how much food you eat. So my biggest advice with simplifying meal prep is to be as repetitive as possible. Now, this is going to be challenging if you're the type of person that likes variety and a bunch of flavor. But if you are focused on the goal and you're really trying to lose weight, and especially if you don't have a lot of time, I don't recommend fast weight loss. But I'm telling you, this is a quick path. Simplifying your meal prep and being repetitive, eating the same thing every day. And I talked about the STED method in previous episodes. STED is an acronym. It stands for same thing every day. (laughs) So uh, your breakfast is the same. Your lunch is the same. Your dinner is the same with maybe very small variations. So one of the biggest mistakes that people make with uh, meal prep is they try to make it too fancy. You know, you go online, you get these recipes that involve, um, you know, 16 different ingredients. You end up spending hours in the kitchen just to get a couple of days worth of meals. And it's not, you know, the best investment, especially if you are one of those people who are always on the go and short on time. So being repetitive is a good way to simplify your meal prep. So what does meal prep on a stead plan look like? Same thing every day. And so when I say same thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I don't mean eat egg whites, avocado toast, and smoked salmon for your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean the same breakfast every day, the same lunch every day, same dinner. So for example, and I guess that breakfast I just said is a good one, smoked salmon, maybe about two to four ounces, whole grain toast with avocado, 
spread over it. And scrambled or boiled egg whites. That is a great nutrient-dense, macronutrient-inclusive breakfast. You could also do a breakfast smoothie with a scoop of protein powder. That same breakfast every day to simplify things. Those may not be the breakfast choices for you, but they are options. For lunch, I love doing this thing I call the macro bowl. So it includes protein, healthy fats, and carbohydrates. So for me, that includes whole grain rice, maybe some broccoli for my vegetables, and some lean protein. I'm pescatarian. I don't eat land animals. So I'm having baked fish, grilled fish as my meat option. And then if I can find a really good meat substitute, I may throw that in there. But same thing every day. For you, it could be a salad with lean protein. You can actually find healthy meals at some of these restaurants. So if you are at work and you have that favorite restaurant you like to go to or you don't want to bring your meals to the job, there are options out there. But most of the time, we don't choose those healthy options that are on the menu. But you can make your own uh, turkey sandwich at home with apple slices. It's okay to have those carbohydrates. And most of the time, if you have them during the day, mainly during your most active hours, your body is going to burn through them anyway. You burn 10% of the calories you eat. It's called the thermogenic effect of food. Your body requires energy just to eat food. So don't be afraid of carbohydrates. Now, dinner is a little bit different because you're starting to lay back, more sedentary. Unless you have an evening exercise routine, you want to try to stay low on the carbs. So for me, that may be a salad with leafy greens, lots of leafy greens, not just, you know, iceberg lettuce. I'm talking kale, spinach, stuff like that. Include a lean protein and a healthy fat like sliced avocados, or you can even put some olive oil over that salad. Also, evening smoothies are an option. I love smoothies because you can make them really quick, easy to prep. You can put all of your fruits and vegetables in a Ziploc bag, throw them in a blender and be good to go. Add any supplements you need and you're good to go. Find your go-to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then keep in mind that I actually have a seven-day weight loss jumpstart plan if you're trying to lose weight. And it includes healthy meals, prep, ingredients, all of that. And there's an exercise guide. So if you go to my website, mariamore.com, M-A-R-I-A-M-O-R-E, put one O in the more. Go to that website. You'll see Empowered Fitness. And when you click on that and join my newsletter, you'll automatically get that seven-day jumpstart plan that includes all of those meal options. Another thing you should be mindful of is scheduling your meals. When I talk about same thing every day, that applies to not only your meals, but also the times of day that you eat. Now, this is easy if you have the same daily schedule. For me, you know, I have the same hours early in the morning. I have a routine in terms of the afternoon and what time I pick my kids up. If you don't have a consistent schedule, this may involve you maybe on every Sunday afternoon looking at your week and saying, I'm going to eat my breakfast at this time, my lunch at this time and my dinner at this time. Staying consistent and scheduling your meals is a great way to simplify the process and to make sure that you stay on track. The more I plan, the more prepared I am, and the more likely I am going to be successful and hit the goal. Whenever I try to wing it and freestyle what I'm eating, or I try to fool myself into thinking I'm going to go to a restaurant that has a healthy option, it's, it's just all lies. It's all lies because you end up in the drive-thru with the intention to order that salad. But somehow you are pulling out with fries, a soft drink, and extra sauce for that burger. So making a list of your recipes 
having a designated time that you go grocery shopping, a designated time that you prepare your meals is going to be key for you to be successful. And it simplifies things because, you know, if you do that on that one day, you don't have to worry about, well, what's going to happen? What am I going to eat, you know, throughout the week? Here's another thing to consider. The freezer is your friend. You know you can freeze just about every food out there. I'm talking vegetables, meats, bread, pretty much everything. Um, I'm old school, and I remember my grandma with that uh, deep freezer in the basement, and she used to put that Wonder Bread in the freezer. We sure did eat that thawed out Wonder Bread. You don't have to go (laughs) through those extremes because, you know, that was like, you know, when we had powdered milk and government cheese and everything, my grandma used to stretch it and make it happen. But, yeah, the freezer is your friend. And, you know, you think about these times and inflation and you wanting to save money, buy things in bulk and freeze them. You can also freeze your fruit for your smoothies. This is one thing that I had a lot of the ladies in my group do um, when they were preparing their meals is they would have Ziploc bags and they would put the strawberries and bananas the kiwi fruit or whatever fruit they were using for their smoothie and put them in individual Ziploc bags. So when they were ready to make their smoothie, grab one bag, open it up, dump it in the uh, blender, and then you're good to go. Consider what you can freeze and how that can help you plan your meals and make your prep a little bit easier. Meal prepping is all about getting organized so life feels less hectic. Uh, It can take the weight off your shoulders when you come home to a ready-made meal. Also, you're more likely to have a balanced diet when you prep your meals. Whenever I have conversations with someone who achieved like great results, um, if they weren't doing, you know, some uh, quick weight loss scheme or starving themselves, doing a liquid diet, the main thing that people tell me when they achieve success uh, with weight loss or even weight maintenance and weight gain is that they're paying attention to their nutrition and they are planning their meals. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Find something that works for you and be patient with yourself because some of this takes trial and error. I don't like warming up food that has been prepared four or five days ago. So I have two meal prep days on Sundays and Wednesdays. So I prepare no more than three days at a time because that's just how I like to eat my food. But you have to determine what works best for you and what is a method that you can be consistent at. Beyond food, you also need to be consistent with your exercise. Yes, you need to be consistent. I want to play a little bit of what Dr. Ian Smith had to say about the importance of exercise in episode 33. If someone said to me as a doctor, you could only write one prescription for better health, that one prescription would be regular exercise, Mm -hmm. even more than diet, believe it or not. Let me explain to you why. Physical activity impacts every physiological system in the body. Um, A mechanic once said to me, the worst thing you can do with a sports car, like a Porsche, is let it sit. I said, what do you mean? I said, if you let it sit and don't drive it, then you're keeping it in pristine condition. He said, just the opposite. Sports cars are made to be driven. When you don't drive them, the parts inside the engine under hood, they start breaking down, they start drying out, they start cracking. I was like, holy cow, think about the body. The body is the most elegant, most complicated, most beautiful machine ever built. And yet people spend an excessive amount of time in a stationary position, not moving it. The body is built to be moved. That's how it works. When you do not move it on a regular basis. And by the way, we're not saying go to the gym for two hours. If people do that, that's your thing. But you don't have to do all of that. It's about regular movement. So there you have it from a physician 
the number one medication he would prescribe would be exercise. And I want to go back to that STED method I was talking about. Again, STED is an acronym that stands for same thing every day. And sometimes it gets boring for people to do the same exercise routine week in and week out. But it is a really great way to simplify your exercise routine to make sure that you are growing muscle and building endurance week by week. And here's what I mean by STED when it comes to your exercise routine. You have a leg day where you're doing those basic leg exercises, squats, lunges, hip thrust, deadlifts. You have an upper body day where you are working your shoulders, your biceps, maybe a little abs, bicep curls, overhead press, uh, sit-ups, crunches, things of that nature. You have a cardio day. Uh, for me, that's something fun, like dance fitness. For you, it could be running outside, getting on the Stairmaster, but deciding what you're going to do week in and week out. So every Monday, you're doing the same thing, same exercise, the same time of day. And this really gives your body the opportunity to get stronger stronger over time and again build your endurance. It is okay to be basic and do the same things over and over again and you'll know when it's time to switch things up when you notice that your body stops changing and you need to level up because if you're lifting weights over time you're going to get stronger and those weights should get heavier. Your rest periods in between sets should be shorter and you'll definitely feel and see the difference in your body. So simplifying your fitness journey through intermittent fasting strategies, the way you eat and the way you move your body can produce great results. Moving on to Tell Me More, this is a segment of my podcast where I answer your questions that you submit via social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, at MBBpod. And today's question comes from Leanne from Indianapolis. And it's not a question about diet or exercise, weight loss, weight gain. It's actually a question about the business side of this podcast, money to be exact. Leanne says, I see you post a lot about being debt-free. Financial freedom is something I hope to achieve by the time I'm 55. But right now, I have over $200,000 in debt. What advice do you have for me to get started on my goal? $200,000 in debt. First of all, Leanne, I want to commend you for being optimistic despite having that much debt because sometimes people look at all of the debt that they have and they say, well, child, please, it's going to get paid when it gets paid. And they don't want to get aggressive with it because it's just so big. But I understand what that's like. I've been over $200,000 in debt before between student loans, mortgages, credit cards, car notes, you name it. Um, and here I am, a debt-free millionaire. My net worth is over a million dollars. And it's because I made simple decisions and got started on my strategy to become debt free. So I'm going to give you a step by step, Leanne. And for everyone who is listening, who has a similar goal. Uh, first of all, you want to evaluate your spending. I've shared this in previous podcast episodes. This requires you to go into your bank statements pull them up and look at how you're spending your money. I didn't realize how much money I was randomly spending, throwing stuff in my Amazon cart, going to Target to get a pack of batteries and leaving with a cart full of stuff, getting little extra things at the grocery store and really buying things that I did not intend to buy or did not budget for. So the first thing you want to do is evaluate your spending because you may find a significant amount of savings there. You may discover that you're spending money and you're kind of loose with your funds. Um, after you do that, you want to trim the fat. Random and leisure spending, you know, you're going to have to make that sacrifice and cut those things out until you get out of debt. Um, the third thing I would say do is create a budget and don't just create it, live by it. 
How much do you spend on those fixed bills, like your mortgage, your car insurance, your car note? And then look at your other bills, streaming services, gym memberships, and stuff like that. You may have some subscriptions that you need to cancel. Create a budget and map out your income and expenses so that you have a strong starting point. The next thing you want to do is pay down your highest interest debt first. Now, I am a huge fan of a very popular financial guru who has this thing called the financial snowball. And his thing is pay down the lowest debt first. So kind of build some momentum and just mentally make you feel like, okay, I'm achieving a lot. But the thing about that is, is say you have three credit cards. One you owe $200 on, one you owe $800 on, and another you owe $1,500 on. So that debt snowball method is telling you, well, pay off the $200 debt first because that'll make you feel accomplished and then you only have two left. But what if the highest interest rate is on the $1,500 credit card? You're paying more in interest on that because you're busy trying to pay down this little $200 credit card. So look at the interest rates on each of your credit cards, whatever those bills that you have, and focus on paying down the highest interest rates first. Because once you get out of debt and you get rid of all those high interest credit cards or loans or whatever you may have, you can start planting your money so that it grows instead of burying it where it dies. Next thing, and this is something that a lot of folks discover, uh, okay, I did a budget, I trimmed the fat, I got rid of, uh, you know, leisure and random spending, but I still don't have enough money. Well, you know what that means? Either you need to get a job that pays more money, you need to get a side hustle, you need to start a business, build an additional income stream. And this was really key for me. I was still working and still do work at the time of this recording for a company. So that's my quote unquote nine to five, but I started several businesses. I had ideas for apparel, and I started an apparel line that did really well. I focused on organic posts on social media and did some Facebook ad campaigns. And in 2021, I made over six figures selling apparel. Also, my fitness programs. I have gone through four weight loss transformations as a result of being a mother of four. And I took my story and my experience and expertise as a personal trainer and turned that into a virtual program that has netted me more than a half a million dollars since 2017. Now, you may be like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I have what it takes to make that much uh, money within that period of time. But what can you do to make an extra hundred or two hundred dollars a month? You can get a little ride share gig on the weekend, a couple of days a week. You can and look at that skill or talent. Yeah, maybe you're really good at braiding hair and you just do your, your child's hair. Maybe you can create a side hustle off of that skill. Maybe you're a super organized person. Tons of companies and influencers and just um, busy working professionals need social media managers. Maybe you're good at that. But start brainstorming. Take pen to paper and start writing out the things that you're really gifted and talented at and figure out ways you can monetize those skills. And the last thing, Leanne, uh, once you get out of debt, you need to start investing. The two things that I recommend folks to start with is first, home ownership. If you don't own a home yet, buy a home, buy a home. It is a great way to have something to pass down to your kids if you have any. And then you have equity in that property. Over time, you will build equity no matter what's happening with inflation and interest rates. Because the thing is, there's only so much land. Land is limited. So you want to make sure that you own something. Uh, And if you don't own uh, a home, 
I believe that should be your first priority. And then you want to make sure that you're building up your retirement savings. Um, These are two basic things that every person can do. Work on home ownership and build up your retirement savings. And the thing that I love about retirement savings is you get the tax benefits. Tax benefits from being a homeowner and you get the tax benefits from contributing to your retirement savings. And I am now at a point to where I can max that out every year because, again, I don't have that debt weighing me down. To get to that final step may take you a couple of years, but I can tell you from experience, time is going to go by. You know, back in 2017, when I had over $200,000 in debt, I just looked at it like, oh my gosh, this mountain. But you know what? You know how you get to the top of the mountain? One step at a time. One goal at a time. One good decision at a time. So if you do one or all of these things, I'm sure you will be well on your way. So thank you so much for that question, Leanne. It's nice to take a little break from talking about diet and exercise all the time. And I hope that was helpful to everyone listening as well. Now, keep in mind, if you have a question that you want included in this podcast, I love to get messages from you. You can DM me on Instagram at MBBPod, and I will do my best to include your question in upcoming episodes. A whole lot covered in this episode. You might want to go back and listen with a notepad and pen to make sure you didn't miss anything. Uh, That's a wrap for this episode, but be sure to follow and share Mind, Body, and Business. Tell your fam or your coworkers, anyone you think would benefit from the information uh, and insight in this podcast. Of course, we're on Facebook and Instagram at MBBPod. I would also greatly appreciate a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday night. As always, I enjoyed this time with you. Truly appreciate your ear and look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Take care.